Have you ever found yourself caught in looking at the world through a certain lens? It's the way that you've looked at it forever and you really don't even question it, but somebody says something to you, shows something to you. Maybe it's like a, a, a new cooking trick or you know, just a way to do something that you've never really thought outside your own box to know that there were other ways to come at that problem. And all of a sudden it's like, uh, brilliant, stealing that. Come on now. I know you've had these experiences. I must say that at least once a week to somebody that I have an interaction with. Like, love that saying, love that way of looking at it. Like, what? You do what to boil an egg? That's crazy. I've never thought of that before. And I use it for my own self, right? So if you're like me and you've found yourself kind of grabbing at what you know is working for other people in some ways, why is it? that we're struggling so hard to change how we approach life in general, like this midlife stuckness thing, right? We do feel like we uh, we put in the good fight. We did the things we were supposed to. We checked off the list and we're a bit resentful. I'm not going to lie. There's some of us out there that are, I mean, stuck is part of us, but some of us are just kind of got a bad taste in our mouth because we feel like we did the things and it doesn't make any sense that we're still here. Uh, I'm going to challenge your thinking on this today. And I'm hoping that what I give you is just like when you hear how somebody does something a little bit different and you're like, oh, I'm stealing that because guess what? This isn't stealing. I want you to take this advice. Keep listening. Welcome. This is Midlife Crisis to a Centered Life Thriving, a podcast that teaches women in midlife to unapologetically stop silencing their dreams and start designing the lives they want to live in. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie, and as a clinical psychologist of the last two decades and a twice-divorced single mother myself, I not only know how hard it can feel heading into midlife, I am living it right here with you. I have taken all the many failed attempts and lessons learned in my own life and combine it with my extensive clinical experience to give you the tools you need to make midlife the best time in your life. No joke. So let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. I am so excited. This is just going to be a brief podcast, nothing nothing exciting. I can't do too much editing in the middle of my fall crazy, crazy work, but I wanted to zip in and have a little cup of coffee with my besties here. We're going to have this little podcast. I'm going to kind of loop together everything that I was showing you in October. So we started by uh, looking at a coaching client, Amy, and also, uh, you know, talking a little bit more, breaking down this idea of self-kindness and how self-care really needs to have that self-nurturing principle in order for us to build our muscles, to have compassion when we're doing self-reflection and, and looking on the inside at the things that maybe Maybe we don't want to be looking at, right? <laughs> right. I even reprised my old Inner Mean Girls podcast last week because I really wanted to, you know, 
solidify for you the neurobiology under all of this. Like there's just some normalcy to why we do the inner mean girl thing. And if we could just let that go, right, we can have a little bit more compassion for ourselves and we can come alongside her and go, I get it. You're sitting over here with your little, you know, disdain for all things teenage kind of approach to the world. (laughs) And your whole point is to keep me from doing something that you think is going to be an epic fail. Like that's what we did when we were teenagers. When we were making fun of everybody else and ourselves, what were we doing? We were trying to rescue ourselves from some sort of doomed epic fail that we were sure, that we were certain was going to happen. And I realized I was putting all this stuff together during this month and um, I had gotten sick a couple weeks, not even a couple weeks ago. What was it? It was about a month ago now. I got I got sick about a month ago and I was slammed at home and I had this weird experience with my daughter where I had an aha moment that I wanted to share with you because I think it all ties together and I think it's a really lovely way for us to end um, this month and, and this thought content that we've been going through. So here's how it went. Like we were stuck at home sick cause I'm real conservative post COVID about not going out into the world when you have snotty noses and coughs, like what are we thinking? Right. And fevers, right. So not going to go out into the world if that's how I'm feeling. So I, uh, stayed home. I think, I think my daughter, that, uh, yeah, you're right. It, it had to be a month ago cause she had been in school like all of a week solid. And, and what did we bring home? We brought home a cold mom, (laughs) not art, not, not reading, not classwork. We just brought home a cold. So unfortunately, uh, I had to, uh, stay home, readjust my schedule, make sure that, you know, we had all the, the things that we needed, but there just is kind of this, this malaise of boredom that sets in on day three, two, maybe three, you know, like I'm working and she did a little homework. We were feeling better, but like, you don't want to be in your house all day, especially in Minnesota in September, because it's so much nicer outside than it is inside. And we're going to be stuck inside when it's negative 50 below craziness outside in just a few months. So you kind of know that's coming and you're like itching. You want to be outside. So we were trying to come up with ideas. What 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 can we be doing here? So I uh, sent her on a little scavenger hunt for all of, you know, all the board games that we hadn't played in more than a year. That's what I told her. In more than a year, bring it on down and we'll pick and choose and, and do a couple things. So she pulls out this board game and she starts to tell me how to play it because she always likes to be the one that knows all the rules. And I'm like, that is not how you play this game. This, like, I, I get, I get out the rules. Here's Doctor Natalie looking at the rule book, and meh, 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 meh. this is how you do this game. And she was like adamant. She's like, that is not how I played it in school, Mom. Can I just tell you how I played this? How how we play this? And so she walked me through these rules, and they were they. I mean, they were going to work. It was a different way to play a game that I had played since I was a child. So I was really having a tough time shifting. But I thought, you know what? I'm not going to fight. We're, we're home, stuck, sick. And the whole point of this was for us to have a like a brain break and to have some fun and some laughs together. So let's laugh at mom as she tries to let go of 47 years of this is how you should play this game. <laughs> 
and try to play this game. And also like my sneaking suspicion that sometimes when she likes to change rules, she's liking to change the rules to make it so that she can win. Um, But I didn't think that about these rules. They just were a different set of rules. Like she had totally learned it from, I think it was somebody in one of her before after school care programs, like had taught them to play this game in that way. Um, And it was just a different set of rules that I... I'd never played that way. So we begin. And it was, it was funny. Like it really was because I would like start to go back to the old rules and she would get, you know, kind of frustrated. But then instead of getting frustrated with me, she just started laughing and was like, mom, you're doing it wrong again. This is how you're supposed to do it. Mom, you're taking a turn. It's not your turn. It's my turn. Cause I get a double turn, mom, mom. And you know, like we're laughing and we're carrying on and I'm really trying to understand how to play this game in a different way. And over time, I was able to do it. And like maybe two hours lapsed, which honestly for a board game for us is that's a long period of time. We can get through card games and board games pretty quickly. We might, you know, do them multiple times, but this was like one game and it took almost two hours. And I realized like I had some fun, like the malaise, the boredom, the fact that we were stuck in the house, all gone, all gone. And I was having a good time. And I was having a good time challenging myself to make a big switch, right? So there are two things that I want to highlight here that I think that we can use in our own journeys to be more compassionately self-aware, taking that kind that self-kindness, that lens of nurturing ourselves when we're messing it up that we're trying to do something new in our life, but we're not doing it so well. And we keep going back to our old lens and that old lens is telling us that we're failing and that's not helpful because then we're hard on ourselves. Like, I think there's two things here that we can learn. One is uh, it's hard, (laughs) but it's not hard, um, miserable. It's just effort and effort can be fun, which I think is the second principle. So it's effortful, but effort can be fun. And, you know, seriously, the rules are just that. They're just a programming and conditioning that we've gotten used to. And we can have a new programming and conditioning that we get used to. It doesn't take rocket science, my friends, to want to switch into something new. I'm just so grateful that you are a loyal listener and that what I'm delivering here is something that you want to be listening to each and every week. There are just other ways that you can be working with me through LearnToLoveYourStory.com, and I want to make sure that you know what those are. Now, for starters, all of these are links that you would find in the notes for every single podcast. And if you found me in a post on LearnToLoveYourStory.com, All of these links are there as well. But there are three ways that you can work with me. The first, and the one that I really strongly recommend is join my Facebook group, join my community. This is a place where we can all talk with one another about what you're hearing me put out on podcasts, write in my blogs, and you really get some support, some community around making change, working towards that centered life thriving that you want. The second thing is I have a whole set of courses online. 
all there, right there for you that will teach you and walk you through with workbooks, with guided meditations. So if you haven't seen that, you should at least go over and browse. And then my last and my favorite way is to meet with you one-on-one. I do a free consultation for an entire hour. It's called a midlife valuation. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at the value of your midlife. We're going to compare that to the goals that you have for yourself. And we're going to help you come up with a plan where there's gaps there. And it's all free to you. So these are the three ways to get started working with me in another way if you're loving what you're hearing on the podcast. Now, how would this apply in your life, right? If you're trying to, you know, come to grips with this midlife thing and you're feeling hard on yourself because, say, your body doesn't look great and you've tried, you know, the the new fandangle diets for women in midlife because you're really frustrated that you can't lose weight like you used to. Exercise doesn't seem to do what it used to for you, um, that, you know, you're honestly feeling sore in places you had never felt sore before. You might have been a very active person, right? You can't seem to get past that. But more than that, you can't get past your self-judgment. So it's not just the suffering that like I'm not meeting up to muster in the social world as far as what my body looks like in midlife, because it turns out that women's bodies in midlife start to look a lot different. That's just part of the biology. And part of the sociology is that's deemed ugly, not enough. You're not trying hard enough, right? And so if you're buying that rule, if you're playing by the old set of rules, what's the next thing that you do? You get hard on yourself. You feel crummy. You beat yourself up. You start to believe that you're not trying hard enough, but then you are trying hard enough. And so then you're trying to figure out like, I think I'm trying hard enough. Like I'm like, I'm killing myself over here. I can't make this shift. Maybe it's not you. Maybe it's the rules, right? Maybe we need to take the effort to change the rules and maybe we can make it fun. Maybe as we're shifting and we're struggling and we notice how hard we get on ourselves, instead of being judgmental about our judging ourselves, right? So now you're judging, you're judging. Wow, there's so much suffering there, right? Like you're suffering because you're not feeling well about your body. You're judging that you're not being able to get that. And now if you take a step back for self-reflection, you're judging that you're judging yourself. Like that's not helpful. If we move this rule and and change it all together and just say, you know what, I'm going to wake up every day and tell me my, my body looks great. Like I look great just as I am. In fact, I'm going to go out and I'm going to start shopping for this body type. And I'm going to find like the funnest ever outfits for this body type. And you know what? I'm going to make it so fun. I'm going to go to a place where like the staff are really helpful in in putting that together because my brain just doesn't know how to put put clothes on this kind of a body. So I'm going to go to a place where they do and I'm going to have them help me because how fun is that to go shopping and have somebody go try this outfit and then, oh, I see what you're saying here. So try this belt or try this accessory or put this jacket on or maybe it's this cut that you need and until you find something fun to do that shifts you into the new rule, which is this body is beautiful just as it is. And I couldn't care less what the rest of the world is telling me about that. That is an old rule. And I'm going to play by the new rules. The new rules say this. I think when women start to really liberate themselves and create new rules for themselves, this is when the world is like, 
ooh, she's a little, like, she's got some power behind her. It actually creates kind of the reverse of what we think it's going to create. We don't come across as these great big, great big a-holes. We're not, we're not trying to be jerks, right? Like we don't come across as somebody that is um, elitist or narcissistic or, you know, thinks her stuff doesn't stink. Like that's not how it comes across. How it comes across is I see you over their world playing by your rules. And that is one way to do it. And it leaves a whole lot of us out of the game. And I just don't want to jive with that anymore. I'm going to create my own set of rules and play my own game by my own set of rules over here. And here's how I'm going to do that. I'm going to make it real fun for me because if I can make it real fun for me, I'll probably follow through on it. And when you start to see that I have this power to, to go above and beyond what the game of life is altogether and start to play my own game and play by my own rules, you're going to be attracted to that. Like bar none. You're not going to start to name me, you know, selfish or self-centered or any of those things unless you are so in your own envy that you can't see past the the anger that really fuels envy, right? There there really is kind of an uh an anger or a you know, sometimes it's it's ragefulness, resentment that that feeds that envy. But if you really want what I have, this this freedom to make my own rules, and can't see how you're going to do that, can't see past that you can't make your own rules, then you might have some harsh things to say to me. But generally speaking, most of the world starts looking at women who step into their power in midlife and say man, I wish I had some of that. <laughs> like, I just wish I could just say no to this rule over here that I know is not serving me. And I am hustling, hustling, hustling for my worth over here, but I can't seem to break that habit. Make it a game. Make it fun. Give yourself some way to reward yourself during the process of falling down because you will, because you will. You will go and have that lovely aide give you five outfits and the first four, you're going to tell yourself how fat and ugly you are. I promise this is what's going to happen. Old programming and conditioning, right? And then you're going to reset and you're going to say, wait a minute, I came here to put clothes on this body that I already have that I am just naming as beautiful. That's the new rule. And I have to figure out a way to adorn her. <laughs> like I, I need this body to look amazing. And I don't have that expertise, but this lady does. So I'm going to start trying these outfits on and I'm going to start seeing what is looking good. And I'm going to tell her those are the things I like. And then she's going to come back in this room and give me more things that look like that. And I'm going to make this fun. And this is just one example of how you might accomplish this. There's infinite ways in which we need to step into our own rules in midlife. But I want you to really challenge yourself to make it fun, right? Don't get stuck in the effort. Get stuck in how do I make effort not feel effortful? How do I make two hours seem like this? That's what I want you to do. That's the piece of advice that I want you to take home today so that you can start to live that centered life thriving. Are you liking what you're hearing today in this podcast episode? Oh, I am so glad. I love being able to really touch people in a place where they need the help, right? So I have two requests of you. 
the first one, could you just think of one person, one person in your life that also could hear this message? I bet you could. And what I'd ask you to do is when you're done listening today, why don't you just take the link and send it to that person, right? Let them have a chance to also gain from this the way that you are today. And then the second thing that I would request that you do is make sure that you're following me where you get your podcasts. Like, comment. I even on Spotify have questions each and every week. Use any of those outlets because it does help me help you. What I gather from that information is what you want to hear about. And then I make sure that these podcasts are relevant to what your needs are. All right. So I'm adding a little addition here. It's the legal stuff. Just so you're aware, nothing in any of these podcasts constitutes actual psychotherapy. Yes, I am a licensed clinical psychologist in the state of Minnesota, but everything here is just educational in nature and is a suggestion of things that you could be doing in your own life to learn how to love the life that you're in instead of waiting for a life that you're dreaming of to come towards you. So just remember, this is not therapy. And if ever you need any resources for mental health, look in my notes and I'll always have a little blurb at the bottom where you can click on a link and get those services for yourself.